Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that. To hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect. This is the session. And I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Let's start today, Tom, with just a quick piece of housekeeping I didn't tell you about. Oh, great. Since Christmas is coming. It we're, is. We're, you know, here we are in you the You wanted my Christmas list. Um, oh. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> if you have something as we get into the holidays, I know there are family issues that come up during the holidays. Right. Maybe you have something you'd like Tom and I to discuss on the session as we get into November and December. Please reach out. We're always open to ideas. You can just send an email to scott at risefmohio.com. So we're glad you're here today, and your your comments are always welcome. You can just email me anything that's on your mind. If it's something we can talk about on the show, we certainly will do that. Today, we're going to tackle a toughie, and we're saving the landmine question for the end of the show. (laughs) But today, we're going to talk about managing sports in the Christian family, also known as follow the bouncing ball, sports from a Christian family perspective. Before we dive in, we dive in, Tom, to God's Word. Out of 1 Corinthians 9, 24, do you not know that in a race... All the runners run, but only one gets the prize. We all try to run for the prize being first. That's happened a couple times in my life. If I think real hard about it, (laughs) and I've got a few years to go over. We're focused on a prize, but how we get there, the process of it becomes really important. And the process is the key. Right. So we're going to talk through this article, Following the Bouncing Ball Sports from a Christian Family Perspective, by Lena Callantine. So we're going to jump right in, Tom, and just talk about how can parents help their children develop a Christian worldview towards sports. Sports can be a valuable tool to develop character. You can help them grow their faith, their work ethic, their discipline, poise, confidence, and other wonderful life lessons. So when we talk about uh, their worldview, their decision-making and the character development that's going on in them at the same time is we begin to develop their character. We're also going to be in developing their worldview, and we want that worldview to, to be one that is godly, one is based in good Christian principles, because otherwise... If you're left to your own devices out there in the world, there's all kinds of things that would be very scary that you could end up developing. And I think, sadly enough, that's what's really going on out there is some real ugly-looking decision-making. It's a real issue for parenting because, you know, you want your kids to learn. You want your kids to grow. You want your kids to do well. But then... You know, things start creeping in. 
mm-hmm. you know, you've got maybe it's the coach that, you know, thinks every little league game is game seven of the World Series. Right. You know, the the, the junior high flag football coach that thinks it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, I like the way that uh, that she says this in the article. On the other hand, sports can be a family idol when we lose proper perspective. So let's talk through that idea and how, you know, sports and being an idolatry. Pastor Ray Pritchard once said, idolatry lies in the worshiper. This is, I thought was so good. Idolatry lies in the worshiper, not in the thing worshiped. So it's in the person. That means that golden calf is not necessarily an idol unless we make it an idol. A Corvette. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Now you're meddling. (laughs) Yeah. It could be an idol if that's what the whole world for that owner of that vet was about. But maybe they... It, they keep it in perspective in their walk with the Lord. Then it's not necessarily an idol. You know, your baseball bat could be your idol if you want and are driven to hit over 300. Or dad wants. Or, or maybe, well, and we're going to talk about that <laughs> as up. we go through this. Yes, yeah. preview of coming attractions. So what you're saying, Tom, is it's really it's more of a heart issue Right. You know, it's not the sport itself. I love fantasy football, but I'm not well, I do get a little excited at times. <laughs> I have been known to to yell some things in the living room. That's a TV. while I'm watching a game. <laughs> but I I also know that my family is not into fantasy football, so I have to right. while they give me my time. Uh-huh. And they're very kind about that. There a lot of grace is given when it comes to football. You know, there's time I have to realize TV's got to be turned off and we need to go do this as a family. Well, that's good. So you've understood that. Kicking and screaming, but Uh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, what would Sherry say about, you know, her definition of she thinks, is it an idol? Her response is pretty simple. You're one in five. Get over it. Let's get in the car. (laughs) And she's she's not wrong. That's so funny. Yeah, I said, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm one in five in that league. In this one, I'm four and two. Yeah. Well, you know, here's a really tough one. Our dogs, our cats, they can become idols. Well, that's true. I mean, watch any dog show that they put on ESPN. Uh huh. Wow. wow. I mean, mm-hmm. I've never seen so much worship on the tail of a dog before. <laughs> right. Oi, Dr. Callantine feels strongly about suggesting that we need a game plan based around Proverbs 22.6. We shared 1 Corinthians 9 a minute ago, but she wants to go back to the tried and true Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Well, that is so important, training them up. And there's windows of opportunity when we talk about training. It's possible you can miss a, a window of opportunity and you may not have as great a results in that area as possible. But we want to build a foundation of Jesus first. And that becomes really important. That leads to the next thing that she mentions here is teach young athletes to make every effort to keep the Sabbath holy. And this has been every parent that has a child, whether right. it's soccer, basketball, football, whatever 
I know we went through this with Erin when she was younger. She wanted to play softball. Mm-hmm. She was middling at best. She was not going to be a star athlete, despite her father and her mother <laughs> really wishing she would, but that wasn't her thing. But she wanted to play. The problem was practices were on Wednesday night. We insisted that she goes to Wednesday night church. And she talked to the coach about it. And the coach said, I understand. I don't want to interfere with that. But understand that will impact your playing time. Mm-hmm. And I think Sherry talked to him about it, or I did, I forget now. Mm. And it was understood that Aaron was not going to get as much playing time because she wasn't at practice. Mm-hmm. And Aaron, we explained it to her. We talked about it as a family, and she was okay with that. Good, good. And that's, I think that's probably the, the takeaway for that for me is talk about this as a family. Don't just go off and make a decision without involving the child and if they're of age him. to understand. Right. It's child ownership. Right. Which is huge. The more that they own and can manage, the more likelihood we can we can coach that in a direction that Jesus is first. Because I was really afraid that if we pushed Aaron. Right. No, we're going to church. You're not going to practice. Mm-hmm. And she said, but I want to go to practice. Mm-hmm. Well, now all of a sudden church is the evil. Mm-hmm. And we didn't want that. So we made sure... Aaron, here's what we're thinking. Do you understand this? Right. And she said, yes, I understand that. We will go to church. At Wednesday night church, I would say to a family, oh, I missed you Sunday morning. You know, it was, we recognized you weren't there and we care, you know, that that kind of thing. And they said, oh, yeah, it was a Sunday morning soccer tournament. Yeah. And they weren't happy about it. Yep, and, and we've got families at church that have a couple, that have boys on traveling baseball teams. Mm-hmm. They're gone most of the summer mm-hmm. because all of their tournaments are out of town on the weekend. Yeah, you know, so it's it is it's a struggle that you've got to do. But the neat thing is, and we've talked about this some in the last couple of episodes, that churches stream their services now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to miss church. You can maybe it's in between ball games, maybe it's before you leave the hotel or after you get back. Mm-hmm. You can watch your church's service online or watch another church if you want to. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's impossible. You know, you can still participate without sitting in the pew. Right. So, yeah, that's that's just out there. Um, what else does she say here? Early in their athletic careers, teach them to honor the Sabbath and encourages parents to be flexible, kind of like what we've talked about this. Right. You've mentioned this, and I think the approach – I, as teaching as parents, as we teach the kids, and you know, she has a comment here: teach them to play for an audience of one. Oh boy, this is this is hard when you've got parents screaming in the stands. You know, you've got your teammates. You know, hey, bad, 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 hey, bad, yeah. swing, and play for an audience of one. So, what are we talking about here, Tom? Teach them that their true identity is wrapped up in how God sees them. So it's not conditionally based whether or not they perform or not. It's not whether the violinist did it perfectly or the the basketball player was 10 out of 10 from the foul line. That That's not what it's about. It's about who we are in Christ. Because out of sports, who we are in Christ. It, you know, it, it hit this week. There was one of my former clients I had shared with I said, you know, remember this. Remember this thought. You are a daughter of the king. 
what would happen if you processed life based on, I'm a daughter of the king, and not, well, I'm a victim, or, uh, you know, life has never been very good, and... Or I'm a midfielder on the soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, or something like that. And, Scott, you and I are children, we are sons of the king. That's really real. Yeah. When you begin to wrap your mind around the fact that you're a, a son of the king, what a blessing. You are royalty. Yeah. Which leads to the next thing that comes with that is some responsibility. And that's the idea of, well, she says it is suffering well. I would call it good sportsmanship. You're also being watched by everybody on your team if you're not on a Christian school team. You know, you're being watched. People know that you are a believer, that you go to church, and there are going to be people on your team and others that may try to um, help you fall both right. physically and spiritually right. in your given sport. That's probably the other big thing to teach your kids is just because everybody else gets up throwing a fist doesn't mean you have to. Uh, and that's true. So to the whole thought of teach them to suffer well, to lose to, to lose nice, gracefully. Yeah. Well, we could just get them watching the Indians early on. <laughs> They would learn it without any problem. <laughs> <laughs> the suffering Indians fans, yes. yes. Sports is a good way, and clearly this is true, that life is not fair. That just drives me up a wall when I watch and see where there's blatant fouls that umps or refs don't call. There, one little, it's not really a pet peeve, Okay, but. <laughs> the Browns are leading against San Francisco with a, a quarterback that his this is like his sixth game in the NFL starting, and he throws a sideline pass that gets intercepted and taken down into deep into Browns territory. The score changes now. San Francisco's ahead, but nobody seemed to mention that that defender intercepted that ball because he pushed off the receiver who was going head over heels out of bounds and w was wide open. Those kinds of things are examples of learning. Life is not fair. And for the Browns, most often... <laughs> Calls are going to get missed. Yeah, and it, life isn't fair. And you'll notice this, that you know San Francisco lost that game ultimately to the Browns. yes. But the 49ers did not get a participation trophy <laughs> for being in that game. They just got a loss. Interesting. That's uh, so yeah. true. Uh-huh. And that's something to remember. Okay. Now, keep in mind, too, you are not going to be perfect in your sport. Right. That's probably something else. You're, you know, you're not going to be perfect every time. You go out on the golf course, Tom. Do you always shoot 10 under par and birdie every hole? And uh, No. Uh-uh. No, in fact, to put it in perspective, last week someone in the lock, locker room at the Y he he was a really nice guy. He's like, my goal in life is to live long enough to shoot my score. Well, I'm going to be 71. I want to go out and shoot 71. Well, I looked at him and I said, no problem. I can do that on the front nine or the back nine. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> You are exactly right, Tom. <laughs> so what's the big deal here? 
So on the session today, we're talking about managing sports and doing it as a Christian family. And I want to take the rest of our time today, Tom, on some discussion points. Okay. And we will get to our landmine question that, you know, as you're listening, you may already know what that question is since you know we're talking about sports and our kids. But let's start with this. We all know the parent who is trying to push their kids to play a specific sport so that they can relive their glory days on the gridiron. Right. I was an all-state linebacker. So are you. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's take it from the kid's perspective first. Okay. Good idea. And what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and maybe not able to talk about. So the major fear there is that they could uh, develop a case of conditional approval. So they're not going to be approved of, or you could also say accepted, if they don't produce. Unless they get seven tackles, three tackles for loss, knock down four passes, and knock at least one person out of the game. And if they don't, then they're going to hear about it is their fear. Yeah, that's one thing I remember with my folks. I, I only played football through ninth grade. But I remember I'd get in the car after the game, and they would, well, what'd you think? And I'd start grousing about I didn't run this route right. I didn't do that right. We lost. And my, I can remember my dad saying, did you do the best you could? Mm-hmm. Did you put it all out there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may not have run the route right. And I still have a very vivid memory of a route I didn't run. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. In a game we were losing because we were all down. Okay. And if I had run that route right, could have changed the game. Mm. My dad said, did you do the best you could? Most of the time I could say yes. And he said, then don't worry about it. Right. Put your pads on tomorrow and start over again. That's right. So let's take that approach now as a coach. And you've got a parent yelling from the stands at their kid, you know, trying to relive their glory days on the gridiron. And you've got a parent back here yelling at the kid. Right. As a coach, how do you manage that that kid and maybe help that kid and parent well as a coach we look at what do we have control of and if it's too overwhelming then our, the option is maybe to try to ignore that parent if it's impacting the performance of the player because they're living in fear of what dad or whoever up there is is yelling then maybe there should be a meeting after a game, after a practice, where that that can be discussed. And, and I think that's it, it, there's something in that for the coach to be able to say to the father, "You have any idea how your son feels about the sport we're playing, and why is it, Dad, that that every time your son messes up in practice, he's so hard on himself?" Let's let's take sports out of the picture. Do you really want your son developing a case of being hard on themselves? The potential to have that conversation, uh, sometimes that happens with having the athletic director uh, with the coach, having the conversation with the parent. It's just good um, practice there because it makes it safer. All right, time's running short, Tom, so I want to jump to the landmine question. And I'm going to jump, period. And you're going to jump as soon as I ask it. (laughs) We are talking about sports. We're talking about kids. And in today's world, trans athletes are a big topic of conversation all over the country. 
there's a I know a ladies a ladies college swim team a trans athlete came in the swim team basically rebelled against the university and said no right that athlete wound up leaving the team there's a uh, an Oberlin College in Ohio women's lacrosse coach said something or published something about trans athletes not mm-hmm. being on the lacrosse team she was reassigned to a non lacrosse position as Christians. We're going to come up against somewhere down the line trans athletes, whether it's volleyball, basketball. How should we be responding to this? What what a great question, too. And when you take your daughter who's really upset because there's a trans athlete there uh, who's stronger, faster, and, and to help – and, and talk her through and make decisions is really important. Whether she wants to participate in it, maybe she wants to uh, not participate in it and have the prop, uh, potential to do something else. Well, you know, I, I think that makes sense, but it, we, we, we want her to understand where also that our God still loves that individual and that we can use that as a teaching tool. Now, as parents do we want to be the parent yelling at the trans athlete on the court you know there's another great example what what's the outcome if if we do and what what's going on inside of that trans um athlete that's going to be devastating for him yeah that's a little scary thought to me i I'm, i'm not sure we want that i mean we're dealing with a with a, a trans athlete, there's already deception going on, right, in their life at some level, right. As Christians, I, I kind of, I'm kind of hearing you say, talk to your kids about it if it comes up, right, if, or if they're asking you about it, but not there, right. It's something that you decide at home as a family, mm-hmm. how. Susie's going to handle it if she winds up across a volleyball net from a, a trans guy who's going to spike the ball hard enough to break her nose. You're right. Yeah. One of the things that team athletics teaches is that it's a team sport. It's about the whole team. It's not, there's no I in team. You've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the important point of that is if that's the case, then we as a team make a decision of whether or not we're going to participate in a, in a game where there are unfair uh, athletes on the other side. And I think we begin to make a stand for what we believe to be biblical, what we believe to be right, that, and, and that which we should be focusing on spiritually. The Bible says that which is lovely, that which is pure, that which is holy, that which is righteous. Think on these things. Yes. Yes. That's what we're talking about. So as a team, if you come up with that agreement, then maybe you don't play the game. And, and because how unfair is it to um, the, the young ladies if they're up against some athletes that uh, are her trans athletes? Now, yeah. we know that is a landmine, and right. if you want to share comments, 
please do. Scott at risefmohio.com. And it may be down the line if enough comments come in, Tom, maybe we'll address this again in more depth. Sure. But for now, we are out of time. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and and there are families that are maybe dealing with different sports issues. Maybe there's an overaggressive coach, maybe an overaggressive parent. Maybe you've already come across trans athletes. And sitting down and talking with a Christian counselor can help you navigate these issues today, things that you and I never thought we'd ever have to worry about with kid, with our kids. Right. Um, how can they sit down with you and start a conversation? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And before we head out today, if there is a topic that you would like Tom and I to discuss, especially something related maybe to Christmas or, or struggles in the holidays, please just let us know. Email me directly, scott at risefmohio.com. And thanks for listening to the session. Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. 